the day that she passed, everything was different. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it wasn't, I was stepping out of, I was stepping into a new era of my life being my daughter's only parent. Yeah. And um, I had a, a lot of thoughts. You know, initially it was like all of this adrenaline. He's like, you know, I'm going to be perfect. You know, she's not going to miss anything. Nothing's going to mm -hmm. change. And, and you know, if I didn't have to sleep, like whatever I had to sacrifice, right? Yeah. Like, you know, that's what, that's what I wanted to be for my daughter. Mm -hmm. But then you get to a place to where you're in that position and you can't physically do that. And and to be honest, it isn't it isn't fair to anybody to expect that things are going to stay the same after a traumatic experience yeah, sure. like losing a mother, losing a spouse. Mm. Are you ready? We're gonna run the yeah. play. Let's Do you go. know what it's like to come from nothing at all? But every day you just wanting it all. Do you know what it's like? Every day facing your fear, but believing that your blessing is near. Do you know what it's like? Growing up broken than most, but still being devoted the most. Do you know what it's like? Yeah, that's what the journey's about. Yeah, show you What's up, y'all? This is Justin Owens back at the Run the Play Show, where we give you all the top plays when it comes to business, leadership, communication, finances. And today, I got a good friend of mine in the building, Courtney Hill, and we're gonna be talking about money. How you doing, brother? I'm good, bro. Appreciate you having me. Man, appreciate you being here. You know, it was a little shaky, you know what I'm saying? He's a Titans fan, I'm a coach fan, and we got beat last weekend. But you know what I'm saying? I'll take the L. I'm, I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm glad you're still here. So You're a man of integrity. You know what I'm saying? We try to keep it like that. We try to keep it like that. So let, let's talk about, first, um, your business, uh, Super Money Kids. I think it's brilliant because, you know, I teach a lot about financial literacy and business to, like, adults. But it's like, man, if you learn this as a kid, you, you may not need as much help as when you get into become an adult. What got you into teaching kids? Yeah, man. So uh, I worked in the financial services mm -hmm. industry. I was a wolf manager. I did some analyst work for a fintech startup. Nice. And I met a lot of people, man, a lot of really wealthy people. Mm -hmm. And um, I was excited about the work that I was doing every day. But I got to a point where I would be like, man, how come my life wasn't like this? And <laughs> right, so yeah. I got to think in back. a good question. Yeah, man. You mm -hmm. know, when we got to do that sometimes, it's like think about like where we came from. And mm -hmm. I'm from North Nashville. Um, it's a place where there's not a lot of money. Yeah. Or or when I grew up there, there wasn't a lot of money. Mm -hmm. It looked a lot different now. For sure. But, um, you know, I came from a family, very loving, very supportive, encouraging, positive, spiritual, all of those things. Yeah. But we didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. All right. So <laughs> um, the, the little bit that we did have, you know, it wasn't always managed the best. Yeah. We didn't have conversations about wealth. It mm -hmm. was always how do we get by? Yeah. And what I realized was that what we really needed was more education. We mm -hmm. needed more conversations about how to be wealthy. Yep. And I started looking for solutions. Like how could we get access to this information at an earlier age? Yeah. And there weren't any solutions. And um, I found myself recognizing that there was a problem that needed a solution, mm -hmm. but I was really uniquely qualified to create that solution. And then that became the beginning of Super Money Kids. I love it. I love it. So let's talk. So, okay, one time you had a job, okay, and then you're like, all right, let me go out here and start my business. There are a lot of people that maybe have, they may be in a job now, and they're like, okay, when do I make a jump? How do you make the jump? Like, what was the process for you? Like, all right, you know what? Cool, let's just start tomorrow. Like, what was that process of leaving the job, starting Super Money Kids? You know, it was a, it was a long process. Okay. Um, the things that we did correctly was number one. I knew that I had an idea that had the potential 
uh, to create income for me and my family. Yeah. I had a really open conversation with my wife at the time. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, I think there's something here. Yep. You know, what do we need to have in order to create an exit strategy? Hmm. I got her support. I got her buy-in on what <laughs> we were doing. That's, that's big. What we were doing with our money changed. Mm-hmm. Right? We had already got to a point where we wanted to create a life for ourselves that was different than how we grew up. Yep. So we were already doing some stuff. We were you know, automating our savings in a certain type of way. We were looking for more ways to invest yep. we had got out of this idea of consumption and having a lot of things we had you know we had a lot of luxury cars yep. we went on a lot of trips we had designer but we weren't really building wealth and so we had a change in mindset was like hey let's start building wealth yep. and so we made those things less of a priority and we started creating plans for ourselves now you you said something i think is big and it was like all right i had to get her buy-in because there's some people they'd be like all right well shoot I'm just gonna do it with myself, and you know maybe that's the situation. But like, let's let's just talk about okay, all right. I'm making a decision. We're about to leave, and you said you came up. Y'all came up with an extra strategy, and I like that it took time because some people be thinking like, oh, I just hate this job today, so I'm out tomorrow. And you know maybe that works for some people, but it don't work for everybody. Yeah. What does what was the conversation of buy-in look like when you're like, okay, I have this idea, but we got to get on the same page. Yeah. So for us, it, it, there are two parts, right? There's there's the passion mm-hmm. and the creativity that I had, but then it also needed to make financial sense. Yeah. Because what happens at times when we're working for companies, mm-hmm. so we just get in places when we're just frustrated. Yeah. And we may not like our job, and anything else that gives us joy, we want to pursue it. Correct. And so that's how people go on these jobs and they have these side hustles and these different things. It's it's. You know, maybe your side hustle is good. Yep. You know, maybe it's not. But the bigger issue is that you just don't like your job. Right. And so we had to come up with a plan to say, hey, okay, is this really sustainable? Do you have people that are willing to pay you for this work? <laughs> or right. are you just frustrated yeah. and maybe you just need to find another job? Yeah. So that was the big part. But the thing that really was a game changer for us was I got a contract. And it was a five-year contract. Wow. And it was a six-figure contract. And it was like, hey, this is my this is my proof yeah. that I can make money doing this consistency. Mm-hmm. And that provided a level of stability. Okay. Like and it. because she saw my passion, she saw that I was consistent with mm-hmm. it. We had a contract in place that would pay us some money. It it became and we were saving money as well. Um, she even had made some changes to what she was doing to mm-hmm. make a little bit more money to um, to help compensate for at the point that where maybe my my income wasn't my income from my new job wasn't replacing my corporate job. Mm-hmm. So it's just like all of these things that needed to happen. And once we felt comfortable, um, we you know we made the decision in a way yeah. for me to leave. Now I ended up. It's a funny story. I ended up quitting my job, and I didn't even tell my wife. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was because uh, <laughs> you was frustrated. I was tired of okay. it. I was tired of it, bro. We had money saved. Yeah. We had made some investments. You know, I had a couple contracts in place. I was like, I, you know, I went into work one day, man. I literally, literally, I could not hit Control Alt Delete to cut my to cut my computer on. I couldn't do it. Damn. I sat in my chair for about fifteen minutes. I was like, oh yeah, this is the last day. I got up, I went to my boss, I was like, hey man, like, this is it, I'm done. Mm. And they knew that I was doing some other things. Yeah. You know, I had had some publicity and, mm-hmm. you know, things, you know, and, and on some other blogs. And I had won some awards. Mm-hmm. And so they knew about it. Yeah. They were just waiting. Yeah. So, yeah. And then after I quit, it was probably about 
three days and went by before I even told my wife. <laughs> Were you nervous man. or you just like, I don't know. I was off. See, that's the thing, man. You come up with these plans. You yeah. got to do what you say. You, yeah. you created the plan together. You got to execute the plan. Correct, yeah. And see, I had deviated a little bit. Yeah. So I was a little nervous because yeah. I know it stepped outside of the plan. But eventually, I was like, you know, eventually I told her, like, hey, I quit my job. Mm -hmm. And the first thing she asked me, man, she was like, when did you quit? Mm. Like she already knew that yeah. they quit, but so yeah, so that was the process for us. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So if I'm listening to it, one is it's uh, having a plan in place, right? So when I go to have that conversation, it's like, all right, this this is the plan, and then you said you had to execute on the plan because a lot of people they they like I'm trying to get somebody buying, like bro, but you you had this conversation ten times and you ain't did anything. So now is is it fair if somebody seen you not perform and not execute for them to doubt you? I think it is. Yeah. But if you're saying, okay, cool, we got a plan, we communicated about it, they, she even saw you making adjustments financially to support that and then putting in the work, then you got some contracts coming in. and But you didn't quit right after that. Cause sometimes it's easy, you know, as an entrepreneur, man, I have a big month or, you know, I have a big two months and I'm like, okay, yeah, but that's that ain't your whole life. Like, you know, yeah. an extra 10000 extra 20000 is different than only 10000 only 20000 Absolutely. And so I love that. And then, you know, even the transparent part about did get frustrated, you know what I'm saying? Human, quit. I, I, I reached that point. Yeah, yeah, no, that's real. And uh, so, all right, so so back to the, the super money kids. So now you start the business. Yeah. What, all right, first of all, because people may not know, what exactly do you all teach kids? Yeah, so um, we design digital financial literacy lessons that we uh, license to schools and youth organizations. Okay. So from kindergarten, really through college, wow. we have these digital financial lessons that enabled organizations to start teaching young people about money. Um, we have, for younger kids, we have a, a product. It's our Super Money Bank. It's like an in-home piggy bank with way more swag. Nice. Uh, it has three money habits, saving, spending, and sharing. So it literally gives kids a place to put their money, literally yeah. and figuratively. Mm -hmm. And we use it as an instructional tool with our younger kids. But the core of our business is digital financial literacy uh, content. Nice. And so primarily you do this with schools. So is this would this be considered like government contract work or what, what, what lane is this? Yeah, um, it is government contract work. As, okay. a, as a matter of fact, the biggest contracts that we have are with city municipalities. Nice. Most of the time it's either directly through a school system or with the city itself. Yeah. What made you choose that business model? Because like here it is, you know, like some people would say, OK, I'm going to put this out on social media, which I love the business because. There's some people, they feel like that's the only way to build a business is I have to be on social media. I've got to do a whole bunch of things, you know, sell a course and do ads. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's a, that's a great way to build a business. But you you all looked at it and said, okay, I think that's th this is good, but we want to start on the education route and specifically with schools. What made you do that? Um, you know, that was I had some relationships okay. to where it was easy for me to tap into education and do more of a B2B model. Yeah. Um, you know, later on, really recently, like I've, I've learned about just the market that exists through social media yeah. and more direct to consumer. Yeah. And it's a space that we're really interested in. Yeah. You know, the thing about doing business in schools is it's really cyclical, right? Mm -hmm. Number one, schools aren't in session year round, right? Okay. You're only in school. Like, Learned a new word today. You said cyclical. Cyclical. Okay, all right. Yeah, you gotta look know, that up. Yeah, put, you know, <laughs> different, every part of the, every quarter looks a little bit different. Yeah. And that impacts your business, yeah. right? Uh, kids, they take breaks in the fall, in the winter, in mm -hmm. the new year, 
in all of those times, there's some type of downturn in our business. And mm-hmm. so having other revenue sources, other places to tap in could provide some support. So, um, but for us, it was like, hey, I, I feel like anytime you start a business, mm-hmm. you want to start with what you have closest to you. Right. Start with what you know. And maybe friends, family, like whoever, yeah. like start there. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did. And um, kind of our intimate network has some relationships Within schools, yeah. we were able to prove that concept, and mm-hmm. so we just kept doing that. Wow, yeah, I love it. It's funny because you know, like the first business I really did was like network marketing, and you know, the first thing you taught is write a list, and it's mm-hmm. like call the people you know, and people are like, oh no, I don't want to call people I know, but I'm like, listen, y'all don't understand. Pretty much every business I've ever run, I started out with some type of list of like, who do I know in this space? Who do I know this? Who do I know that? So I want y'all to know. I don't care what y'all do. You're going to have to build a list. You heard me, man. Even, even with schools, even with the contracting, like you have to start with who you know. Be, why? Because that's the only place you can start. I think sometimes as an entrepreneur, you, you create in your mind this thing of like, man, I would love to start over there. But you can't. Nah. <laughs> you got to start yeah. over here. You know, even you like, man, I'm working in a place with these people. Man, I didn't have those experiences. Yep. So now how do I go build that experience, right? I think it's, that's really, really important. And, and, you know, even if though that immediate circle isn't able to maybe buy your product or mm-hmm. service or whatever, what they can do is they can give you credibility, hmm. right? Because a lot of the times when you're in business and you're reaching out to organizations or people yep. that you've never worked with or you don't know, they, it requires trust in order to close any type of deal. Yeah, like trust sure. is probably one of the most important Major. components to you being able to close a deal. Mm-hmm. And so even if those people aren't able to write you a check or, or, or give you a contract, they may be able to write you a referral that you can use to show to somebody that you don't know to say, hey, like, nah, he, he's the real deal. Like, wow. he really does this. Nice, nice. I love that. Now, um, I, you know, kids is something that's really important. You know, I got a daughter. My daughter's 11. So I think, like, teaching, you know, her about money is really important because it's like, for kids, it's real easy to buy those apps all day. Every day, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, can I get this nine dollars, ten dollars? Like, I look, I'm like, man, we done spent hundred fifty dollars on this little Roblox. Like, we gotta, we gotta chill out. So, like, how, like, can you give us an example? Like, what's one lesson that you, like, a kid is taught about, like, money? Yeah. So one of the things that I talk to my daughter about mm-hmm. is, um, like, producers and consumers. Okay. Right. So if you're on Roblox, and I remember the first Roblox purchase that we made was my daughter was like, I want to buy this mansion. Yeah. I was like, buy a mansion? Like, what, what are we doing? You know, yeah. I didn't know anything about it. But, um, you know, so I'm like, okay, well, if you buy this, mm-hmm. this isn't real. It's something you're having fun with. We're going to buy it. You're consuming this. You're paying money mm-hmm. for this level of entertainment. Yeah. Now, what we need to be thinking about is how you can become a producer. Like the people that own this application, right? They figured out a way to sell these mansions and all these other things. What are you making? Right. And so through that, we have a conversation about ownership Mm -hmm. and and her making her own money. And so it has to be a balance. And I think that that's the case for for kids and adults. Mm -hmm. We are we got to be consumers, right? Because we have needs and wants. But we need to figure out more ways to be a producer. And so whenever, early on, when I was spending money on things that she was using Mm -hmm. for enjoyment, I would put in her head, now we have to think about how we're going to make our money. What do we own? I like that. And there's a lot that I try to teach my daughter that she just don't. You know, she just don't remember. (laughs) She don't care about. I tell people all the time, like, yeah, like I'm the super money kids guy, but 
it's not perfect in my home and yeah. it's not going to be perfect anywhere. Yeah. You just have to keep planting the seeds. But the one thing that I'm really, really proud of my daughter for remembering is it's like, yo, she knows that she has to own something yeah. and that she has to sell something. Correct. And, um, and she, you know, she's able to make her money when she wants to. Yeah. And no, I think, it, I think it's brilliant because just like you said, like a person may not be able to change everything financially today or even their kids even master it today. But I think it's about having that dialogue because I mean, I have amazing parents, but most of the time we had conversations about money was because we didn't have none. Mm -hmm. Like, hey guys, listen, we was going to say we was going to Disney World, but it ain't happening this year. So a lot, a lot of times, some of those conversations, they're the negative you know, conversations about money. And yeah. I think you, you sometimes you got to have both. You got to have those those negative, hey, look, we got to tighten up, get on the budget. But it's also like there are rewards to saving. There are rewards to investing long term. I tell parents all the time, because the, the, there are a couple of things, like we don't talk to our, our in our families or to our kids about money for a few different reasons. We don't feel like we're qualified. Yep. We're embarrassed. Maybe we've made mistakes in mm -hmm. the past. But even through our mistakes, our kids can learn and we can learn from our from ourselves. Yep. And so you create this um, vulnerability when you're able to tell your kids like, hey, I didn't do this right, but I want you to do it better. Because our kids used to us telling them what to do yeah. and how they should be and what's the impact that you messing this up later on in life. Yeah. Like they hear that all the time. Mm -hmm. But when we can go to our kids and be like, listen, this was something that I wasn't good at yeah. and I believe that you can be better. Yeah. Our kids remember that and it's 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 an approach that they're not used to, yep. and they'll remember it. And mm -hmm. so we just got to step outside of our own way, and just like be straight up with our kids, like be authentic. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Hey, you're a very like uh, present dad. You know, I think that's one of the things I I, I respect about you. One of the things, it's, it's a, um, a lot of great things. But any, I'm a, I'm a father too, like girl dad. So you know what I'm saying. You know, I'm like hey, anybody that's present, that's big. There's a thing that sometimes people be like, oh, I'm a single mother, or I'm a single father. And it's like no, you're a single and you're a mother. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, I'm not a single father. Like, did you get yours yet? You know, the uniform for entrepreneurs all across the world, New ACOs. Go to newacos.com. Make sure you get your uniform. Make sure you get your gear and represent all around the world. So I ain't single no more. But, like, it was like, all right, I still, like, uh, uh, my daughter's mom is still very present in her life. Yeah. So... Um, you are a single father, and I I don't know how far you want to go with this, but what was that transition like? Cause here it is, I made the transition, I'm in business, I'm running my business, and then there's a life change that happens, and now it's like okay, I'm literally a single father, yeah. and there was there was there was a transition that happened there, cause there may be people that have had similar circumstances in their life. What was that transition for him being like okay, cool, we got a teammate, we working this thing, figuring it out, so like now I'm I'm a single father. Yeah. So um, in 2020. Um, my wife passed. Mm -hmm. uh, she had uh, a heart condition. Uh, 2019, she had a heart transplant wow. and did really, really well for a year. 11 months, actually. She wow. did really, really well, well for 11 months. Was in, like, the best shape um, of her life. She was just bright and yeah. bubbly and um, just had energy that she hadn't had for a very long time. And... Um, in May of 2020, her body rejected the heart just abruptly. She had shown no signs of rejection prior to that moment. Wow. And then we went to the hospital on a Saturday for some back pain. And by Monday, she had passed. Wow. Um, completely Sorry, yeah. unexpected. And so, um, you know, she, she had been battling with some things, um, you know, for five years prior to that. But um, 
the day that she passed, everything was different. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it wasn't, I was stepping out of, I was stepping into a new era of my life being my daughter's only parent. Yeah. And um, I had a, a lot of thoughts. You know, initially it was like all of this adrenaline. He's like, you know, I'm going to be perfect. You know, she's not going to miss anything. Nothing's going to mm -hmm. change. And, and you know, if I didn't have to sleep, like, whatever I had to sacrifice, right? Yeah. Like, you know, that's what that's what I wanted to be for my daughter. Mm -hmm. But then you get to a place to where you're in that position and you can't physically do that. Mm -hmm. and, and to be honest, it isn't, it isn't fair to anybody to expect that things are going to stay the same after a traumatic experience, yeah, like sure. losing a mother, losing a spouse. Mm -hmm. And I had to get some therapy, man. Okay, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, I had, to, I had to get some therapy for myself, and mm -hmm. I got a therapist for my daughter as well. Okay. And I would be really open in those, in those sessions, but one of the things that my therapist would tell me every week when we met, she was like, Courtney, you show up every day. You give the most that you have. Mm -hmm. You do your best. Yeah. That's enough. Hmm. You know, I you know I set really high standards for myself. I want to get better. Yeah. You know, I cooked two times this week. Yeah. yeah. And some people might laugh mm -hmm. at that, but for me to cook two times <laughs> this week, nah, yeah. like I need a trophy or facts, something. Okay. Um, but I had to show myself some grace. Yeah. I also had to be honest with my daughter, and and tell her like, hey, some things I don't know how to do, but what I can assure you yeah. is that I'm going to do everything in my power to make you feel like you have all the supports that you need. We can talk about whatever, mm -hmm. whenever yeah. I'm available and, and you are the priority in my life. Yeah. I love that. Um, you know, so one of the things that I realized throughout this process, so it's been a little over two years now, but you know, as an entrepreneur, I talk, I talk to a lot of people who own businesses like all the time. I mean, my closest friend, everybody yeah. owns businesses mm -hmm. and, not until recently have we really started talking about like how we feel as yeah. people. Mm -hmm. Everything is always about business, new mm -hmm. strategies, yeah. how much money you made. Mm -hmm. Like no, like we're we're people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like and we have real needs. We have people we have to take care of. Yeah. And I started pouring more into me as a human yeah. than I was pouring into me as an entrepreneur. Because I, I, I like the, that. the entrepreneur part, I mean, I was about to get that up. I, I don't know what I was going to do, <laughs> yeah, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, get like um, that. But, yeah, I, I just had to start pouring in into me. And mm -hmm. my daughter and I, we've gotten closer, mm -hmm. um, you know, by the day. Yeah. We are creating new experiences, new memories, forever remembering her mom and yeah. honoring her mom and mm -hmm. everything that we do. But um, we don't get ahead of ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, let's take care of this for today and be loving and mm -hmm. we're not going to be perfect but we can do our best yeah yeah i love that man that's 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 so powerful like, I, you touched on something too that i think is a big conversation is you know obviously mental health is a big thing um and you said something about therapy right which i think is big and i'll be transparent i was the guy that's like listen i ain't doing the therapy thing you know what i'm saying like listen i was married one time i did the therapy and i was like i was cool you know what i mean like i don't have no problems <laughs> but it was cool but like what was the like what what did you get out of because like i i know as an african-american male that's something that's like yo it's almost like you're weak if you go and yeah you, you, oh you got a therapist like what's wrong with you bro you going to the crazy house but it's not just you know people that have mental issues like you know they about to, you know, do something yeah. that, like a little different. It's sometimes you just got to process stuff and handle stuff. It's like, what made you get to the point? It's like, all right, 
I needed. And then also, you know, obviously now you said your daughter, you even had her do it. For us, you know, part of creating a lifestyle, I talked about this earlier, but creating a lifestyle that we didn't have when we were kids yeah. was being open to things that were going to make us better people. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to overcome the idea that therapy is only for when something is wrong. Hmm. It's not the case. Like, you, yeah. you, you need therapy as maintenance. We need places to talk about what's on our mind because yeah. even even when with our closest friends sometimes there are things we still just may not share we may not right. be completely open yeah for sure and and then we're also like born with these beliefs and morals and values mm-hmm. that aren't always healthy yeah and having somebody else that you could talk to about those things mm-hmm. to help give you some insight on what's appropriate for where yeah. you are like it's necessary yeah it was it was really necessary and i i knew just um you know just how anybody is is close with their well, most people are, are close with their spouse spouse but yeah. my wife and i we were just really really close really really good friends and and losing her who was you know she was a, a big champion yeah. of me and supporter mm-hmm. um and so lo- losing that was was tough and so i knew instantly that you know i'm going to find me somebody that I can talk to. And, but the, the best part about having a therapist is having another voice. Yeah. Because when you're by yourself, you can have these negative thoughts yeah. that are in your head and they permeate and they grow and they start impacting you physically. Yeah, for sure. And when you just have somebody else to tell you, hey, it's really not that bad. Think about this. Mm-hmm. You're doing a great job. You're a good, you're a good person. Yep. Oh, and by the way, practice this. this you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, just yeah. like that. That's how it goes. Um, it, it's it's healthy. Yeah, and it's not just about going to therapy because something is wrong. Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. I think it was cool. And I I went to therapy one time. And it was like, all right, time is up. I'm like, oh, we're not done. Well, I'm done. We have to see this next week. I'm like, oh, dog, okay. I can't just go over here and just be talking, talking, talking. It, it was it was a process. So I, I love that. Which, so, you feel like you would ever get married again? You know what's interesting is. I had said that I would not get married again. Wow, okay. I, and I, I was pretty I was pretty committed yeah. to that idea. Mm-hmm. You know, marriage was I had a, a great marriage. I had an amazing wife. Yeah. We were best friends. We were most of the time we were always happy. We didn't have to try to like each other. We didn't have to try to be in love. We didn't have to try to be attracted. It just happened. Everything just happened. (laughs) Really, really natural. So it was was a pretty easy marriage. I think it was always great, but it was an easy marriage. But even with that, with everything working, with us liking each other naturally, with Mm -hmm. us sharing the same ideas about life and the world, Mm -hmm. marriage is hard. Marriage is hard. It is. It's a lot of work. And so I, I, I never thought that I would do it again Mm -hmm. but you know we don't control our our futures man and it's just it's so crazy just how just growth different experiences meeting the Mm -hmm. right people yeah meeting the right person you know it will open your heart in a way that you never would have never would have imagined yeah and um I am very open now to yeah. being married again, yeah. but that's one of those things that came out in therapy too. Yes. <laughs> I remember being with, with my therapist, I'm like, I ain't never getting yeah. married again, and she would be like, "Oh, Courtney, you know, you're still really young. <laughs> you know, 
don't 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 close off certain opportunities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, nah, no. Nah. She's like, oh, just give it some time. Mm-hmm. You're still more. And yeah. and and she was she's right there. Even there's there's no point in our lives to where there isn't more for us to explore. Yeah. And we should give ourselves space mm-hmm. to explore. Yeah. Whether that's emotionally, spiritually, professionally, mm-hmm. never close yourself off because there, you know, yeah, there there could be another blessing right around there that you just don't even you don't even realize. Yeah, I love it. How any any tip for a single mother or father in terms of, you know, I, I don't like to use the word balancing, but like to hand, how can how can they handle you know being a, a a mother or father and then still having to handle their their business? Has anything helped you? Because you know, you still travel sometimes, like you know yeah. there's like what how's that process? Yeah, I, I have an amazing support system that that allows me to have the flexibility to to, to travel and mm-hmm. do different things I have to do with, with work. But everybody doesn't have that. Yeah, you know I still live in the city where I was born, and yeah. so naturally I have a, a big support system. But you know. I'm, I'm I'm hesitant on giving like a strategy, yeah, because we're all different. But what I would like to tell those people out there who are single parents and they want to figure out a way to do better or mm. be better, number one, give yourself some grace. Yeah, you're doing an an impossible job. Yeah, wake up every morning. Talk about talk to yourself about how <laughs> awesome you are. Yeah, how good of a job you're doing. And if you have goals for yourself, you want to do something a little bit better, just make incremental improvement. Yeah. Don't overwhelm yourself because as a single parent, it's overwhelming. And it, it we just moved at a we had a birthday coming up. <laughs> I still have furniture in the house we moved out of. I have to rent that out, <laughs> right? I have a business to yeah. run. Mm-hmm. Like there like there are all of these things happening at the same time. Yeah. And if I allow all of those things to stress me out, like I, you know, ever be be without two parents, yeah, yeah. right. So the first thing I would say is just give yourself some grace and space. Mm-hmm. Recognize what you are already doing, mm-hmm. and um, make incremental improvements. Don't overwhelm yourself. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Let, let's 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 make a pivot um, into the business side because you know obviously you do that for you know kids but you know obviously you're a full-blown entrepreneur um i believe real estate uh, as well yeah. what what made you start diversifying into other 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 areas to put your money um you know i keep going back to the conversation that i had with my wife and like hey we wanted to create a lifestyle that was different than how we grew up mm-hmm. um my family didn't own any assets yeah most of her family didn't either. Mm-hmm. You know, her her dad was was really entrepreneurial and he did some amazing things. But you know, other than that, you know, there she we just didn't come from a place to where yeah. owning assets was a thing. And um, we got into real estate because we had read books and people <laughs> said, "Hey, you know, yeah. the the way that people build wealth in America is through real estate." So yeah. we're like, "All right, well, they say that's how you build wealth. We need to find some stuff to buy." Yeah. And um, we did a few things. We we moved in with her dad for a year and paid off a lot of our debt, paid off nice. all of her student loans, most of my student loans, paid off our cars. We were both driving luxury cars at that time. And we're like, okay, the, the cash that we've been able to save on a monthly basis, we're just going to start. We'll automatically save it, and we'll look for ways to get involved in real estate. Mm-hmm. And we found a couple projects early on, and we're like, hey, let's – 
let's do it. And mm. and literally, that's how we got into real wow. estate. It's just, yeah. it's just stepping out there mm-hmm. and and doing it. Yeah. But you did something that most people are not willing to do, like you know, moving back in. Yeah. Paying down debt because you know what I what I've noticed about any level of success is the result is never as attractive as the process. Definitely. And so I was like, yo, I want to own real estate. Okay, go cool, go ahead, go move back in with your parents, pay all your debt down, get your cash flow right, then buy. Nah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. do it like that. And I'm, I'm not saying a person has to do that to get into it, but there are always going to be some type of sacrifices. I call them investments because a sacrifice, in my opinion, is when you give something up and you don't expect anything in return. Yeah. An investment is like, all right, I'm giving this up for a period of time, but when I get it back, I went that back plus and something. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, yeah, I, we, we gave up a year, but we got that year back plus some because we got so far ahead of where we would have been. Yeah. And so I think I think that's a that's, that's a big tip for y'all. Like if you over here like, "Oh, I want to get to the next level." Okay, we look. You might have to pull back on some stuff. Like you might have to I always tell people like you might have to unsubscribe from some stuff, those emails. You know what I'm saying? They real good at texting. You might have to unsubscribe from all that stuff. Why? Because companies are really good at getting money from you. I'm a marketer, so I'm not don't unsubscribe from me. But everybody else, you know what I'm saying? Everybody else, but no, seriously, even if it's my stuff, like it's like you have to say, "Okay, I've got to focus on this area of my life right now, which is debt, which is get my finance together, because that gives you a solid foundation to create what you want in the future. Yeah, I, I like what you said. Like, you have to make an investment. Yeah. Like, there, I, I have never talked to anybody who had a major breakthrough and there wasn't like a period in their life where they had to make that investment or yeah. cut something back. Always. And and that was that was how you know, we got started. And um, you know, real estate is cool. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to be informed. There's a lot, you know, we do. We, so the, the first project that we got involved in, like we had um, we had bought this lot. It was like a, um, it was, I don't know, it was like less than an acre. Mm-hmm. And um, it was empty. And we were going to build some townhomes on it. We are going to do like six townhomes mm-hmm. on it. And, you know, we, had, you know, played around with these numbers. And it, it just seemed like it made sense. We were in Nashville. Mm-hmm. It was, a, and Nashville was just, just crazy, if you're yeah. familiar, what's happening in terms of real estate. But we learned so much along the way. We spent so much money, um, and you know, I, I could t- I'll talk, we could talk about the process maybe offline or whatever <laughs> about what happened. But ultimately, we never we never built those those townhouses. Wow, never built them. Um, it ended up being at the time. It ended up being a project that was way too advanced for us as beginners. Like we had. Talk about biting off more than you can chew, like bro. It was, it was, it was ridiculous. It's like, no, what? You know, we we can't, we can't do this. This isn't a project for us. And then it got to the point to where the numbers didn't even make sense. Yeah. And so we were already kind of overwhelmed. Then the numbers got a little questionable, and I was like, hey, let's chill on this. Mm-hmm. And um, and I ended up selling it. Okay, good. And I, I think we ended up selling that. And in, in, in my mind, you know, which was a failed project, we ended up making three times back what we what we yeah. added to the project. Right? <laughs> yeah. That was that was failing. Yeah. yeah. Um. But you know, you want to you know do the research, make sure you're in a good place, um, to to complete the projects that that you're working on. And I mean, I had a, a friend who says he talks about real estate. He's like, you know, if you find you a property that at a minimum, you can rent it out and just pay the mortgage. Like it's a good deal because yeah. 15 years from now, that house is more than likely going to be worth more than yeah. it was worth, and and you've made money. That's a good investment. Yeah, that's solid. That's solid. And it's but it's long term. It's not like you know you'll get rich you know tomorrow. 
you know. You can. I yeah. mean, depending on how you want to do it. Like, if yeah. you want to buy houses and you want to flip them and you, you take that first flip and flip it into something else and you, yeah. you keep flipping up, I mean, you could make you could make a lot of money in a year. Wow. Yeah, that's strong. I, I, I said, you know, especially like with the, you know, the stuff coming up with the recession and stuff and it, the cost of a lot of stuff is going to be dramatically changed. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is a great opportunity to, to have cash and to be cash heavy and, you know, kind of watch finances for opportunities. Yeah. You know, because the first, you know, when I graduated high school in 05. So, you know, the first recession that I was a part of that I remember, I didn't even have no money to yeah. take advantage of it. In fact, I ain't gonna lie, the first recession, I didn't even know it was a recession. I was like, I always live like this. What y'all talking <laughs> about? <laughs> Welcome to my life. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Watch your gas prices, watch your food. Cool. I like it, you know? <laughs> but but now you like you realize that okay, there is there are differences. You know, like I was literally just talking with my friends and they were like, man, my rent went up by five hundred dollars. Gas prices went up. That was an extra two or three hundred dollars a month. And they're like, man, my expenses went up seven, eight hundred dollars and I didn't make no extra money. Yeah. So I'm literally now losing off I'm doing the same stuff though. I'm driving to the same places and I'm living in the same spot, but it just cost me almost eight hundred dollars a month more. Yeah. All right. With this recession, I don't, I don't like, I don't like to even give it energy because I, I believe you kind of create whatever you want. Because some of my best years have been when things are really bad, personally. Um, but what would you say to somebody that's all right? Hey, there is a change coming in the world financially. What are some things people can do to get prepared for a recession? I think there are two different people that we're answering this question for. Mm -hmm. I think that there, there are people who may be in a place to where they're strapped financially. Yep. And I think that there are people who aren't necessarily strapped financially and they may be looking for opportunity. Okay. And I think the message is different for both. So mm -hmm. I'll try to speak to both. For, for the people that are strapped financially, um, you want to be conservative with what you're spending money on. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be doing anything too lavish that's going to exceed your budget. Yeah. Um, and you want to explore some ways where you can make extra money. Yeah. Nothing's guaranteed. You may have a job today. You may not have a job three yeah. months from now. You want to make sure that you have sufficient savings. Typically, the goal is, is three to six months. And that's because if you do lose a job, it typically takes three to six months to find another job. Nice. Right. Okay. So that's how that group wants to prepare themselves. Yeah. Um, review your budget. Make sure you're not overspending. Make sure you have sufficient savings. Explore other ways that you can make money. Yeah, I agree. Then there are the people who may have a significant amount of discretionary income. Maybe they have some cash and savings mm -hmm. that they may be able to do something with. Um, recessions are buying opportunities for investments. Take advantage. Mm -hmm. I think you even just said it a second ago, and I've heard other really successful entrepreneurs say the same thing, mm -hmm. that their best years have actually been during down markets. Yeah. Um, invest invest that money don't over invest to the point to right. where you find yourself without cash and then yes. you messed up <laughs> then you got to go sell something for less than what market value Fact. was you know you don't want that to yeah. you don't want to be that person I learned that from monopoly yeah you, you do it too much be like wait a minute i got 13 dollars for rent and now you got to sell yeah. your one of your properties during a recession you don't want to be that person yeah. all right um but look for buying opportunities Definitely in the stock market, yeah, for sure. So I'll speak to something that I'm doing personally. Okay, I've never been a big trader. Yeah, and now we're in a recession. I am about to invest in a, a trading course myself. Okay, I like that. Right, yeah. because I want to be more involved in the stock market. Yeah, um, figure out, find real estate that you can buy, find yeah. markets that are really affordable. Mm -hmm. We're doing some of that right now, where you can find something that's a deal. You can rent it out. It pays for itself, and you just hold on to it to the market comes back. 
Wow. Um, I'm not a, we talked about flipping a second ago. Me personally, just, you know, I'm a uh, casual real estate investor. Yeah. For me, I won't buy something and try to flip it during a recession because mm -hmm. you don't know what you're going to get back from it. But right. I'll buy something, hold it, rent it out yeah, and um, and do that. But so for that, that group that does have discretionary income, maybe you have some cash invested. This is the time to to be an investor because let me tell you something. That example that you just gave mm -hmm. about your friends, like man, my rent just went up. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because of this recession or whatever, these things change. And now whoever owns that property that he's renting, they happy. Yeah. Um, personally, I have a um, I, there's a um, a rental that I own that I just had a tenant move out. We're putting it back on the market to get somebody else in it, and and this has been in, in the span of like two months. I think that that tenant was paying. Like fifteen hundred dollars mm -hmm. for the year that they were in there. Now rental rates are at eighteen hundred. Oh wow! It's just changing so, yeah. the market. Yeah. And so literally in a couple months, you know that's three hundred additional dollars that we're making rental revenue just because wow. of changing the market. Got so it. you want to get on that side? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what it is. Is like uh, most of us are just on the wrong side of money because we're all yeah. playing this thing. It's just like man, okay. Like I, I, I remember I went to uh, uh, All Star Weekend in L.A. And there was a guy that we, we was in his house, and he had nice cars. It was his house. He had a couple other houses. I was like, man, what you doing for All-Star? He's like, oh, no, nah, I'm working. He's like, y'all out here trying to spend money. I'm out here collecting money. And I was like, man, that's really the mentality. It's like what we see as opportunities to spend. Everybody else that, that's thinking money is like, okay, how can I turn this into a revenue-making opportunity? Yep. It's like, you know, even like that what you said for that property, the same house. And so, so it's like for them, it's like they're probably talking about it on the other side. Like, yeah, I got this property. I had it for years i just charged some extra 500 dollars a month nothing yeah. changed i got more 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 income coming in and so i think what was interesting for me is instead of getting mad at how things were i said i literally said what you said which was i got to start to get on the right side of money because i'm just playing this game wrong because i'm i'm playing a game where other people can dictate the rules yeah. the entire time and i have no say so yeah so that's why that's why understanding money at an early age I think is really important because you can start getting exposed to those kind of conversations. Yeah, and you can identify the opportunities. So back to the conversation I was telling you about with my daughter, like, okay, you're gonna be a consumer, you don't really have a choice in this country, but mm -hmm. you gotta produce something. Right. And so she hopefully for the rest of her life she'll always try to find opportunities where she can get on the right side of the transaction. Yep. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. What would you say adults need to know about saving and investing? Um, saving builds a habit. Yep. That I think most people have heard saving and they're told that saving is important, mm -hmm. but building up that habit allows us to become investors. Yeah. We got a lot of people who've done well saving and they've never been an investor, right? So they have money sitting yeah. in, you know, accounts that aren't earning any interest and their savings has been eroded by inflation. You know, so they're actually losing money. Right. We need to be thinking about ownership. We talk a lot about income in this country. So you think about it, like, yo, I want to make six figures. Yeah. Right. That's about income. Yeah. You need to budget your money. That's about income. Yeah. We don't talk about net worth. Yeah. We don't talk about our personal balance sheet. We mm -hmm. don't talk about the assets that we own. Correct. Trying to minimize our liabilities so that we have a high net worth. Correct. The only time we talk about net worth in this country is when we're celebrating somebody else being worth a billion dollars. Right. I agree. That's it. We won't talk about our personal net worth because we focus on income. So how how would a person find their net worth? Yeah, so you look at, so your net worth is an equation. It's your assets minus your liabilities equals your net worth. Your net worth is your wealth. 
So your assets are gonna be your cash, mm -hmm. stocks that you own, real estate, uh, it can be cars, jewelry, cryptocurrency. Yeah. It'll be Jordans, I throw some Jordans on there. Um, if you own enough Jordans <laughs> to where it's gonna make a material difference, yeah. you absolutely can. Yeah, yeah. And, and if those Jordans aren't worn or they have resale value, like yeah. if you can sell them yeah. and make more from them than what you paid, yeah, they really they can. Yeah, okay, they can. Good. All right, he, hey, y'all heard it. my sneakerheads. They they can add it to the balance sheet. You know what I'm saying yeah. it can help you out. Now if your sneakers they beat, you yeah. know what I'm saying you you wore them to homecoming and like nah, you know. There's no resale value there, my yeah, friend. Leave yeah. those off. But so th those are all of your assets. And then you got to subtract the things that you owe. So you may have a mortgage on that house that you own. You want to put that as a liability. That question a with that, when you do that, do you say, okay, I, the liability is my monthly payment or the like what I owe on the house? It's what you owe. So let's say you have a home and the value of the home, meaning if you were to sell it today, is $300,000. Okay. But you have a mortgage on that home where you owe to the bank $150,000. Okay. All right. So as an asset, you have $300,000. As a liability, you have $150,000. Got it. Okay. And if that was the only asset that we owned, in that example, our net worth would be $150,000. Got it. Which is good. Yeah. Because, I mean, for black people, black people's net worth is basically zero. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's really like $17,000, mm -hmm. but wow. it might be. Yeah, that's zero. Yeah, that don't last long. Yeah. yeah. So, so you know, we talk about like the spending power of like the African American community. What do you? Why do you feel like it's a challenge too? Because it's not the producing income is not the challenge for the community. It's no, it's, we don't have to make money. it's it's keeping it. It's like what 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 do you feel like that is? I think it's what we we're just saying. It's just lack of conversation around. Yeah buying assets, building their worth. Again, when you always talking about income, yeah. you naturally are thinking about spending it. Yeah. And but I think we are but we're we have entered an era where that's changing. Yeah. And just like anything else, like cultural change happens at yeah. the top. It's it's our artists, it's our musicians, mm -hmm. you know, it's the people that we look up to. And you know, we've entered a space and, and you know like I done seen you around like, you know, when you go out in public as an entrepreneur, yeah. like people are excited to see you. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And 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 you're an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. like your shirt and like I'm not a rapper, I'm not an athlete, <laughs> yeah. like I'm an entrepreneur. We've entered an era to where you are what people, where young people are striving to be. Correct, yeah. And so that's changing culturally. That wasn't the case before. No, not you at all. You know, we, you know, the music that we was listening to was the cars, the chains, like, yeah. you know, the trips, and mm -hmm. that's it. And so now, like, what we value is different. And, and that's because of the people that set the culture. Yeah. What they value is different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, you know, I agree with that a thousand percent. I think one of the reasons that now entrepreneurs have become a little bit more prominent is just because when we were growing up, the athletes, the rappers, drug dealers, those are the only people that you saw living the lifestyle yeah. that we wanted to live. And so some people tried music, some people tried, you know, at being an athlete, and some people just resorted to just, and I, I think all of it came down to who you were around a lot of times when, when you were growing up. But I think, I, for me, what I'm seeing is I feel like as African Americans, we got to get around people that make doing the right investments cool. Yeah. Like, for instance, like you go to the club. Like for me, I'm not really like a club person because I'm like this. I know this bottle costs a hundred dollars. <laughs> if that, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I know it costs. So, 
it's six hundred dollars because y'all bring it out and put some sparklers behind it, and I stand on this couch. Like, yeah, like I'm like that's not it. But but I I start realizing it was because like a lot of what well, this is my thoughts. I'm not saying this is right, but a lot of the purchases that we make have to do with ego, yeah. meaning that it just makes me feel good. So I go to Louis because when I put it on. I can get that validation of making me feel good. I'll go buy the bottles in the club, overpriced and all, because when they bring out the thing and they put my name on the sign, yeah. it make me feel like I'm winning it so I can buy the recognition that I couldn't necessarily get in my life. And I'm not saying that's everybody. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, but, it, man, if you was around some people that was like, man, so how many properties you got this year? It was like, shoot, man, I ain't got nothing. Man, you ain't get no properties? But if, we, if, we, if you can start to change the environment that you're in and get around different circles of people, the conversation becomes different. Like, I'm in some circles. I'm like, dang. That's that my game up because I ain't even I ain't even in real estate like that yet. I need to I need to add that to you know yeah. some of the things I'm doing. So I think um, you know to what you were saying is big, but also you know having that delayed gratification and not needing your ego scratch right away can help too. Yeah, man. And we get to the point like we're you know I'm not gonna stop going to the club. I'm not gonna stop yeah. buying bottles, but we want to get to a point to where that's not to satisfy our ego. Correct. And we're doing that to celebrate the good decisions that we've made. That's the only time I do it, too. Like, or somebody else is celebrating yeah, something. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's it. Yeah. I, I, One of my biggest financial mistakes, now I'll ask you what yours is, is literally, and I say this all the time, is that I realized, bro, one day I looked in my closet and I had more money in my closet than I had in my bank account. And I was looking at a Gucci belt, and I was like, man, I need that $500 right now. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, what was going on in my head that I could, like, I, some of this stuff you realize, like, man, I could have waited on that. Yeah. And and they were bad uh, financial decisions at the time. And it's not that I couldn't afford it, but I realized I really couldn't afford it. What, what, I, what I realized is just because I have the money doesn't mean I can afford it. And so I had to start getting smarter. And now, like, what I do is I just set uh, financial goals. Like, give you an example. My mentor told me my first Rolex watch, he was like, save $100,000 and then go buy the Rolex. I'm like, but the Rolex is $23,000. Why? Bro, I got $23,000. He's like, no, you can't afford it yet. I'm like, yeah. what you mean I can't afford it? I'm t- Look at my bank account. And he's like, no, you can't afford it. But when I when I saved it and I did, I'm like, man, it feels it feels so much better to have mm-hmm. this in there plus having to watch, which you know obviously that that grows in value and stuff too. But you know it was it was a different situation and that was a shift for me because the old Justin would have just went ahead and bought it when I just had the money. Yeah. Um. But man, it, it, that was that was terrible. I thought, that was it's so, funny. I I I've heard people say like if you can't buy it five times, then you can't afford it. Mm. Yeah. And that's exactly what I mean. Yeah, that's, that's exactly basically what, what it saying. is. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's strong. Yeah. What about you? Any big financial mistakes? Bro, like I was I was terrible with money, man. Mm-hmm. I was really, really bad with money. I remember I, I worked during college and and I, I mean I had a decent job to be a college student, man. Yeah. I, I'd overdraft I'd overdraft my account. <laughs> And we don't worry about it because I knew my direct deposit was coming in, man. And it was like I was paying, the, I was paying the bank and yeah. myself like at the same. And and I didn't even have an emotional response to it, yeah. Which was that I had it. I was so used to it, I didn't even care. Yeah. And it was so bad. And it, but I I got to a point to where you know I I had started going to the like the little like payday lenders, the little, little pawn shops mm-hmm. back then. I don't know if they still do it at the pawn shops anymore where you do like the the paycheck cash advance. And oh wow. I started going and I was like, man, it, it was it's just like having an addiction that was just like like yeah. bro, like you sliding fast. You bro, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you started in weed and <laughs> you was thinking about hitting the crack pipe. Like that's like that's where I was, man. I needed some help. Yeah. And um I I don't I don't know what I, I don't know exactly what the change was for me 
to just maybe like get myself together. But it instantly I was like, we just gotta live differently. We gotta yeah. move different. That's one of the things that pops up at the top of my mind. Another one, um, this is one of those like ego moments. I had uh taken my taken my wife out to this steakhouse. And, uh, you know, sometimes on the menu, they may have something listed and mm -hmm. it just got like the MP, mm -hmm. like the market oh, price. Yeah, yeah. So you don't know how much it is. You, yeah. you you have to ask. And so, you know, they came out and I was asking about this steak that they had on the menu and they were explaining it and the steak sounded amazing. It just had MP next to it. And, um, and I, I didn't ask them the price mm. and they just brought it out. But that, that, that steak, it ended up, it was a hundred and it was like $132 <laughs> just for the steak. And I was like, dang, just for me not asking yeah, yeah. the question, man, a hundred, cause I wouldn't have got this steak. Cause yeah. this was, this was, I mean, honestly, I, even today, like I don't, I don't think I've ever had a, a $132 steak. Even yeah. now. And this was, this was well before being an entrepreneur and being yeah. an investor. Did, did you at least taste it? No, I ate it and oh. I paid for it. I ate it and I paid for okay. it. But it was a very valuable lesson. You know, yeah. like I wanted to, you know, I didn't want to ask questions yeah. in front of my lady. Like yeah. I wanted to look a certain type yeah, of way. Absolutely. Like I had mm -hmm. it, you know, but I was like, dang, she laughed. She mm. giggled the whole time. Yeah. But sometimes we just need to ask mm -hmm. a question. Yeah. Um, let me follow that up with, with another story about the importance of just asking when it has to do with money. I'll make it short. Um, I owned a property. I had bought a, a rental property and needed to get insurance on it. Yep. And the insurance company was going to give me, the house was worth $250,000. Wow. Insurance company was only going to cover it for $150,000. Mm -hmm. um, I was like, hey, that's not enough coverage. You know, why aren't y'all you know, covering it for what the value of the house is. And they're right. like, well, we have these models and based on the neighborhood. And it was in a gentrifying area that historically the housing values weren't well, but it was at a point where the housing values had shot up really, really fast. Not to mention less than a year before I was buying this house, a tornado literally had ripped through the neighborhood, tore all types of houses down. People lost their properties because they had insufficient insurance wow. for the homes. And so I was like, hey, this isn't enough. Like, who I need to talk to? Yeah. All right? Because y'all not about to give me $150,000 of coverage on a house that's worth $250,000. And they were like, well, we got to get a special approval. And it made it seem like it was going to be this really long process. I was like, all right, let's let's do it. How we yeah. get started? She was like, well, let me finish the rest of the paperwork. So she finishes the paperwork, and she's like, all right, we're all good to go. And I was like, all right, thank you. So now what do I need to do to get this extra $100,000 yeah. of coverage? She was like, oh, um, I ended up not having to do it. So I was just able to enter it, and and so now you had a coverage. Had I never asked the question, yeah, I would have had a house that had a hundred thousand dollars less insurance <laughs> than what it was worth. Wow, yeah, just gotta. Sometimes you just gotta yeah, ask. Yeah, you ask. Be bold enough to ask the question. Yeah, or you know, don't or, even be bold. Be scared, but yeah, ask. Anyway. Yeah, there you go. I like. Yeah, yeah, be yeah. be scared enough to ask. Be scared yeah. enough to ask. I like that. I like that. Uh, what I I know you were telling me earlier you had some initiatives. Uh, that you were working on with your company. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, man. So with Super Money Kids, our focus is all about making financial education accessible for young people, specifically okay. in schools. And one of the things that we've learned through this work is the best advocate for the work that we do is through parents and teachers. Okay. And so we're launching an ambassador program where as an educator or as a parent, 
you can be in not just an ambassador for super money kids but for financial literacy wow. you can talk about the importance of it how it's changed your life we'll give you some things that you can share in your communities and we just ask for introductions to the people that are working in your school maybe in the community or the school district nice. um, we even have opportunities to where you can sponsor our program for a school that you attended as well. Wow, that's awesome. It's a way yeah. to give back. Okay. Um, when we talk about Super Money Kids, adults all the time, they say, man, I wish I would have had that when yeah. I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Well, now you can make sure that another kid does have it. I love so it. we're really, really excited about yeah. those. And I, guess, I guess we'll get a link or something we'll put in the show notes so, yep. so people can, can find that because I think that's, that's awesome to uh, be able to, you know, continue to give back and, and help the next generation. I was always taught when it comes to your life, like the, the, the ceiling of your life should be the floor for your kids. And so like the, the highest you go, your kids should never go below that. And that to me, a lot of times comes down to, you know, financial education. I, I like my, I always tell people this, like my, my grandfather, he passed and we were going through his stuff and we looked at his birth certificate and it had like his mom and his dad and his mom's, his dad's occupation was laborer. And I was like, Dang, what's what we, like? What was he doing? And like, we look back through it, and it's like, man, we not that many generations away from slavery. And when you look at it, like, there were some people that was, you know, they they might be on the edge, and they they remember some of those times where at least people were segregated for sure. Oh, and so when you look at what people have been able to accomplish over the last hundred years, a lot of it's incredible. Thinking about that, man, you know, not too long ago, nobody had any opportunity. And so one of the keys to that next level comes with financial independence a lot of it comes with real estate because all i do is i look at the things that we were kept out of and it's like okay why did they keep you out of it all you gotta do is figure out okay if they kept us out of it or they make the language confusing mm -hmm. i probably need to be over there and I understand what this there. is you know yep. and and for some people i know for me if i don't understand it, it's real easy for my mind to shut down it's like all right this too much even investing i was like man i don't want to do investing because it sounds like a lot of math and then it was like wait a minute no this ain't math then all right so let me yeah. let me i was making up my own little scenarios of stuff that wasn't even wasn't even really real so i love that love to um you know also also be to help with it um, um how can people find you your company and connect with you yeah you can find us on social media on all social media platforms at super money kids co that's super money kids co our website is supermoneykids.co you can find me at super money court c-o-u-r-t there we go there we go and you can find them on the Titans field, losing to the Colts. Now, nah, <laughs> <laughs> nah, next, yeah, next year, they beat us this year twice. But nonetheless, man, I, I, I'm grateful you coming through, bro. Um, definitely love to have you back because you the, the the amount of knowledge that you have when it comes to money, uh, we really didn't even dive too deep into everything that you know, which I think is which I think is great to continue to pull from and continue to learn from uh, people and sit down. I think more people need to have conversations like this about money, about healing, about you know, good conversations about building healthy relationships with the which are really important too. So I appreciate you coming through, man. Man, appreciate you having me. Absolutely, again. absolutely. All right, listen, y'all, we back, um, wrapping up the show, and y'all know we can't wrap up the show without what we do best. You know what I'm saying? I always like, you know, look, Corey. Every time somebody come through, man, I like to give them a little something, something. So, ain't seen any of the the new oh, man. You know what I'm saying? So you get the duffel bag. Well, I'll let you have it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no, this is. Oh, this is. Get dope, you, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Nice, nice new ACOs gift bag. Got you some. Yo. Run a play stuff in there. Got your new A stuff. Got your duffel bag. Oh, you it's stuff on the inside? Oh, yeah. yeah stuff on the inside. Oh, man. Hook you up, oh, man. You know yo. what I'm saying? Man, I appreciate yeah. it, man. You set up, man. You know what I'm saying? So, 
Yeah, that's the least I could do. You know what I mean? Yeah, I appreciate it, bro. My brother came through, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I appreciate you, man. Listen, y'all. Run a play show. My man Courtney just gave y'all some of the top plays when it came to financial literacy. And listen, y'all, get your kids this financial literacy stuff. It's a big deal. If you didn't have it, the best gift you can have is to give it to your kids, to give it to your nieces, to give it to your nephews, to give it to people in your community. Because that's how we level up the next generation. And here's the thing that's amazing. You never know the child that you help, how they can come up and be a blessing in your life, somebody else that you care about in the future. So appreciate y'all for tuning in. We'll see y'all on the next episode. What's going on? Listen, make sure you guys go to runtheplaystore.com. Get your official Run to Play gear. We talk about shirts, socks, jackets for everybody that's run to play all across the world. Are you ready? We're going to run the yeah, play. Let Do you go. know what it's like to come for nothing at all? But every day you just wanting it all. Do you know?